that's a growler. Happy Friday, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to the Never Ending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and the dead arise. <laughs> the movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Atwith. I'm Tierney Steele. And, and who's... And I'm not even going to guess who's here now. This is ridiculous. Um, Let's see. It was Steve then. Steve. Is it Steve? <sighs> yes. And yes! So Jonathan doesn't hesitate. He exhibits no restraint. He takes, <laughs> he takes and he takes. I thought and you I said he was gone. That. What happened, Steve? You were <gasps> supposed to be back yesterday. You know, I'm starting to wonder if you two actually are separate people or not, because you, I can't capture you in the same room at the same time. He changes the game. He plays. He raises the stakes. It's just Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Ugh. Wow. Did you just quote Hamilton? Yes, that's what I I'm sorry. <laughs> and my uncultured thoughts went to Beetlejuice, so never mind. <laughs> Not the first time Hamilton's been quoted on this, in this podcast. As we were starting, I was like Googling the lyrics for the song. I was like, oh, I've got something. <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge uh, Hamilton fan, so I picked up on it instantly. <laughs> I We went for our anniversary this year. Oh, you're so lucky. And I, I did not know. I, I It was for Stacy, and I didn't know how much I was going to like it. And I haven't stopped playing the soundtrack for six months. We entered the yes. lottery every day. We've actually gone again when we found out. We had a really lucky like last-minute deal. But, oh, my God, I love Hamilton. The tickets are <laughs> insane. Like I was looking in San Diego they were showing, and it was like, 1200 bucks a ticket. I'm like, oh my God. And the cheapest tickets were like 600 bucks. That's ridiculous. No, nope. That's insane. Nope. Yeah. But I'm sure great it's very show, good, though. but yeah, I'm, I'm sitting this culture moment. <laughs> this, is what, out. this is what happens when you have a child. You can't go to Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I've already informed my, uh, my family that I am willing to sell my soul for when Harry Potter comes to New York. So yeah, that'll oh, be my the, turn. The show they had in London. <laughs> yeah, which I've read and I could take or leave reading it, but I was a stage manager for years. I'm a huge theater junkie. And even as I was reading it, I was like, this is probably amazing. You know, like you can kind of picture it in your head and it's like, I bet this is really good on stage. And then they said they're bringing over some of the original cast. And I was like, I'm just letting my friends in New York know <laughs> I can be bribed. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> cool. cool so what does this minute hold for us Tierney? this is minute 89 of the never ending story which starts with waving the night hob teeny weeny bastion and the rock biter ah! and it ends with bastion steering felcor down onto a city street and my first note is in all capital letters and it just says atreyu and artax <laughs> Okay, well, you're getting way ahead of us because Steve has had no chance to talk about our wonderful trio here. Wait, what city is that again? That is actually Vancouver. Vancouver. But they didn't name what city it was supposed to be. This is a tough minute for me. Um, <laughs> okay. Because this minute has everything that kept me from watching this movie for 33 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, it, it's ironic. So the thing, this image, I know you guys love this image, so I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, poop all over your movie. <laughs> um, I don't remember, remember wanting this in the theater at all. I may not have seen the, seen the ad or whatever, but 
when HBO would advertise it, it was always this picture of Bastion riding Falcor. Okay. And that just turned me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not against you on this because there's a, uh, a whimsicalness that I don't appreciate for some reason in his writing on, on Falcor. I can understand it being off-putting. So I'm not totally against you on that. I thought you were going to dig into not one, not liking our Quint, Quint, five people, five people sitting here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll get there sort of. Um, okay. But so I know that, I know that Jonathan really likes this scene, if I'm not mistaken, because when we were talking about how to, to, to divide up the minutes, um, or we're talking about the minute, yeah, when we're talking about dividing up the minutes, I know somewhere in that thread, he's really into this this scene, or maybe he's really into the kids being attacked in the next minute. <laughs> I, I don't know. One, The first time I really sat up during this movie and got excited was when they introduced Falcor, because Falcor is obviously an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Right. And I'm watching it with Stacy, and, you know, there's a scene, I guess, Falcor sneezes. Is that it? Uh, Falcor sneeze or yawn? Sneezes. Yeah. Or he, something? He yawns and scratches and... Everything. And I said to her, I'm like, oh, they're, they're, they did this is entirely to show up what they show off what they created. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Falcor is amazing. I mean, putting aside what I may not like about that particular imagery, Falcor is great. He's beautiful. Definitely. Um, as for Rocky and the other ones, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of feel similar to like the Dark Crystal where they don't quite hold up as well. Um, and think- they, they make me afraid to watch Willow. I think you have to like this type of fantasy to get into this. And that maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is high fantasy. This is over the top. I mean, you've got a snail that somebody's riding. You've got an elf like creature and a bat and a little mini person and a fantastic rock creature. It's very high in fantasy. And I can understand that not appealing to everybody, definitely. It's not like there's much character development amongst right. them, other than Rockbiter. So I, I could kind of see. I mean, this is, this is it. And we, we've talked before about the oddness to introduce all these wonderful characters, give them fantastic characteristics that set them apart from each other, and not see them until the very end of the movie. What's this dude's name that rides the bat? Nighthob? Yeah, I, I felt... like So, Rockbiter, I felt like we sort of got what he was. Him, I felt like we didn't really get much, other than he had this bat that he rode. Right. You know? he's, yeah. uh, he's got a lot of energy. He's got crazy ears and weird facial features. And that's all we really find out about him. And he eats something really weird, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Who Never doesn't? Never getting over that. <laughs> no. Like I said, I guess they didn't feel the need to go way into that, because they knew... He wasn't the main character in the movie, even though me as a child seeing this at first thought that these three were going to be the main characters in the movie. I guess when you're creating, when you're creating a, any work of art, but particularly a piece of narrative fiction, you shouldn't be wasting too many strokes. Your strokes don't necessarily have to, not necessarily have to have, have direct impact on the end result, on the plot, on the story, but what you're doing should, should have meaning. I think the biggest meaning that we get from this is the, I don't know if elation is the right word, the the fondness we get when we see these characters back because we were, we were, we were made to love them in the first, you know, 20 minutes. They disappear. We at the end find out they're dead and gone. And now we get this moment of, 
oh, they're back. That's great. Yeah. And we, we're, we're invested in them because of that. So there's an investment there that pays off at the end. We are being emotionally manipulated. And I'm yes. taking it, Steve, that you are not a fan of Wolfgang Peterson playing with you like that. I, I won't have any of it. <laughs> also, who is Wolfgang Peterson? <laughs> he is the director well, of our yeah, movie. Yeah, I guess, I guess Michael Ende started it by writing the book that way. But yeah, I, I I just, I was really distracted because since I was wrapped up in it, I was like, how am I supposed to take notes on these minutes? And it's like, all right, fine. Sometimes there's a really obvious FX line around Bastion. But when you're wrapped up in like, oh my God, they're back. Everyone's happy and waving. It's going to be okay. Sure. You know, and the the line isn't that egregious. You know, it's just noticeable. (laughs) There's a neat effect or not even effect. There's a neat place that they chose to film when it comes to the Atreyu portion where the water has this steam or fog over it over to the left-hand side of the screen. Hmm. For once, Fantasia looks a little bit fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) It looks a little magical there when you see Atreyu riding there. I thought that was a neat effect. And the the cut back to Bastion is when you see the line really bad. Yeah, it comes and goes. What is this? What is the? Is that the line in the? It's the special effect, the green the, screen. In, yeah. screen. Okay, that's what I got you. Okay, in the, yeah. you're seeing yeah. it in the smoke and everything, right? Right. It's not an actual line. We're just talking about the that little shaded line that goes around the character that's in blue, His aura. blue screen. <laughs> yeah, the aura that that affects didn't couldn't get rid of in the time. Ah, uh, got it. Okay, I yeah. can't see that on my laptop. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and it does come and go throughout this whole thing. Sometimes I felt like it was really obvious, and other times I couldn't see it at all. So it just it it just depends. I mean, I think they did a pretty good job overall, but it's like, all right, fine. If you want to get nitpicky, you can do that. But if you're a little four year old tyranny jumping up and down on the sofa with delight yeah. because everyone's you know back and waving then i don't appreciate bastion's over the shoulder effeminate wave when he screamed at at atreya yeah following shortly after i guess it's a second 2021 right in there Hmm. the over the shoulder really fast his hands just flopping all over the place it's not the best look (laughs) looks for a moment looks like he has no teeth (laughs) looks like just gums in his mouth it's funny. I only look at um at the the luck dragon. Just <laughs> like I look at the ears going backwards. The, the dog owner in me goes, "This guy's great. I want one of these." Aww, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it, it's funny how it win how he, how this wins me over. The thing that I like, the thing that that kept me from watching the movie is the thing that makes me go, "That's <laughs> going. That's pretty freaking cool." Mm-hmm. But you know, what I mean, the technical achievement is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, Bastion's funny uh, questioning or thoughtful face when he's trying to think of his next wish? Oh, God. I would never noticed that before. The way he screws up his face. like It is 100% <laughs> cheese. So, yep. all right. For years, <laughs> yes. I have heard people saying what a terrible person Bastion is because his first wish is basically to take revenge on the bullies. I was like, that's not true. He restores Fantasia first. And so it's only when it's like, well, what do you want to do next? He's like, hey, hey. And then I love um, earlier in the movie, I forget exactly when, but it was when Falcor was flying and possibly when he was doing his yell of joy. And was it Kathleen or someone who said like, 
This is what all dogs are envisioning when they stick their head out of the cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, when when your dog sticks his head out of his car and his tongue is going, like, in his mind, it's do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I love that when... Bashi gets his idea. Felcor laughs, and I was like, Felcor is totally down to traumatize children. And that cre- we get a, a, another creepy laugh from him. Yep. <laughs> yep. He is 100% in on this plan. <laughs> These kids have it coming to them, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. These are I nasty mean, kids. With apparently the eyesight of eagles. Right. Because they're really they're, far away. <laughs> and they're apparently looking way up in the sky. They're almost expecting this to happen. <laughs> And they're blocking traffic, apparently, because people are honking, trying to turn down the road that they're, sta- they're standing they're just in. They're strolling down the middle of the street. Well, it's Canada. <laughs> they're very polite there. <laughs> this guy's like, oh, I'll just go to a different road. It's okay. <laughs> the place I need is right behind you, but I'll just, I'll go around. It's all right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what a Canadian impression. <laughs> I know, right? I worked very hard on this. Yeah. And you get another great view of the uh, price of steaks. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I noticed we're back on our same little corner. What is that dome in the background there? Do we know? Uh, I'm not up on my Canadian domes. Dome. I've never been to Vancouver. Is it when you see the whole city from above? If you're at 57 seconds as as, uh, Bastion's making his final charge over the rail yard. No, that looks like a stadium, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. So I, I think Vancouver had the Olympics. No, that would have been much later. That would have been at least yeah. ten years later. I don't know. They have no they have no NFL team. I'm sure they have a CFL team. They don't have a baseball team. They have the Canucks, right? Yep. Yeah, that's not. I don't. I think that's too big for a hockey field. I think that's not Canada. In Canada. Yeah. I don't know. Um, unfortunately, my knowledge of mid '80s Canadian sports venues is. <laughs> Limited to the um, the Olymp- Olympic Stadium and the um, Exhibition Stadium in Toronto. I have I have nothing okay. in Vancouver. I grew Darn. up outside of New York City, so Vancouver sports do nothing for me. <laughs> where Where are you from? Norwalk, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Up by Stanford and those guys. Sure. Yeah. That I found it. <laughs> I was in Stanford last week, actually. Ah. That is what you're seeing there is the BC place, the the British Columbia place. Oh. Is what they call okay. it. It's owned and operated by the BC Pavilion Corporation, and it's currently the home of the BC Lions, the Canadian Football League, mm. uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps, the Whitecaps. Of, major, of the Major League Soccer, and as well as the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Hmm. Busy, busy joints. <laughs> it also served in the 2010 Winter Olympics and the 22 or the 2010 Paralympics. Okay, that makes sense. The, 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 oh, para, did you say Paralympics? Yeah, Paralympics. I thought you said Paralympics. The Paralympics. <laughs> what are those? The Paralympics. They have those in Canada, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for making me look that up, though. That was a nice, nice add-on. So, uh, I have a problem, Tierney. What's your problem? Where did the rest of Falcor's body go? When... He starts diving down towards the towards the city at second fifty two. Uh, you know, before we had a problem with his, with his extra long neck. Yeah. Now apparently he has no body whatsoever. 
He is just a head. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's He's no getting by this. He has nobody. <laughs> he ain't got nobody. Well, this isn't actually the same Falcor. Is that his name, Falcor? Yes. Yeah. True, this is the oh! same Falcor. Yeah. He's been I mean, re- <laughs> Bastion just might have wished for a giant head. <laughs> that he can fly around on. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a messed up kid, so I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's even Here worse as the bullies are looking up. <laughs> All right, so we get a couple more fist pumps. He's <laughs> barreling down. <laughs> Sorry. He's barreling down on these kids. Yeah. And I think we see it. Oh, next minute. We'll, I'll get into that next week. Yeah. There's. I have another note here that I noticed watching through last time. That brings us to the end of the minute. Do you guys have anything else for the actual minute before we talk about some other stuff? No, the the bullies are definitely aware, but nothing has actually commenced yet, so we'll be good. Let those bullies have it. (laughs) Speaking of bullies and small children, we asked this of Jonathan yesterday, and I suppose now that you're here, we'll get to ask you. So we went into our top three favorite movies that starred children. Do you, do you happen to have a top three ready? Not exactly, but if you'll work with me, we can get there. Well, I think we can do that. Let's let's okay. work through it. Can we define children? Um, I would say under sixteen. Okay, fair enough. I, I was yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the movies that are going to come up happened after the so there's, so there's this weird thing where I feel like you know when Spielberg was really up and coming, suddenly movies starred children. You know, like you had Goonies and you had E.T., you know, and they were really very kid, they were really kid, they were adult-friendly movies, but they were kids at the center, and I think that, that right. seems like it would be the first time, they're early, the, one, of the, one of the earliest examples of a movie that was meant for kids and adults, or at least palatable for adults, but starred kids. Anyway, that said, my first movie that I'm going to choose is Time Bandits. Okay, great choice. Um, I haven't seen it in many years. I loved it when I was younger. I, I, I don't think I'm... Actually, I talked to Pete and Alex about this when they were on our show, and it's on the Criterion Collection. I don't think I'm ever going to watch Time Bandits again, because I just don't want to mess it up. <laughs> so that's my first one. Okay. A second one I'm going to choose, um, and I'm willing to bet I'm the only person to choose this one, is Old Yeller. Ooh. My sister, well, my sister back. didn't love nice. it, but I loved old. Yeah, we didn't have eighty-five channels of, t- of, t- of TV in the late seventies. Um, Why do you want sis- to be sad, Steve? <laughs> Jewish guilt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Old Yeller was a really like you know it was a really good movie. And again, I haven't seen it in a, in like a billion years, so I don't know if I really like it or not. But I really, really enjoyed Old Yeller. Um, I think the shocking idea they I, I can't I can't spoil it for anybody. So <laughs> nobody probably I, I don't know how who, who's watching. If you've never seen Old Yeller, go watch Old Yeller. Um, I mean, he, it is a he it rides is a, the dog. That's awesome. He what? He, he rides ride the, the dog. Yes. All, all I remember is the ending at this point. To be honest yeah. with you. Um, but if you've never seen Old Yeller and you're listening to the show, Old Yeller is probably. You know that should you know if you're going to list a hundred films, any American should see. Old Yeller's probably up there. Just um, don't show your children because it can be heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, nobody, I think my sister was like five when she saw it. It didn't work out well. Um, I would have been about eight, so I'd probably seen it once or twice by them. But, you know, it's a big difference, five and eight. Yeah. Right. All right, so, that's, so that's two. And oh, third one's going to be tougher. 
<laughs> well, should I say you mentioned uh, I disgraced myself yesterday when we were talking with Jonathan by not thinking of The Sandlot. And I was trying to think of other movies starring kids, and I realized almost as egregious given the impact it had on my life, how did I not shout out D2 The Mighty Ducks? Oh, <laughs> not even D2, just oh. the whole Mighty Ducks well, series. Well, yeah, I mean, was... as a whole, but D2 was the, like, game changer, perfect age, perfect hit all the marks. Um, nice. Yeah, I I had to make sure. And I was going to mention E.T. too, but I'm glad that got that got a mention. I haven't, uh, E.T. is another movie I've seen in a million years. My third choice, I'm going to go a little bit differently. All right. Okay. So my third choice is more of a teenager as, as the protagonist that I'm looking for. Um, okay. And the reason I'm choosing this as opposed to some of the other ones is I feel like it's one of the first movies with a teenager in a genre film that I could really relate to. All right. And so that movie is The Lost Boys. Oh, great mm-hmm. choice. And I would definitely count that as, as a kid-centric movie. Yeah, it wasn't is that is that Corey Haim or Corey Feldman who's Corey the Feldman who moves there? Corey is Feldman. In that one. Yeah, I mean Corey Feldman I got and Actually, I, I both the they're both, are they're both in there, but Corey <laughs> yeah. Haim Corey Haim is the older one who already lives in wherever the hell it is, California. Okay. Feldman's um, the one that's already lives there. Haim is the one that moves there. Was Haim that's wow, Haim was so much smaller. Yeah. <laughs> which, which one's dead? Uh Haim. Without a doubt, the one thing that always struck me the most about Lost Boys was the soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Absolutely fantastic soundtrack. And that was one of the first soundtracks I bought when I started buying my own music was because I really wanted that. Thou shalt not kill. I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) So those are my three movies. Awesome. Great choices. Great choices. You may have alluded to it a little bit during the week, but do you have any specific memories tied to never ending story uh i watched my wife two weeks ago (laughs) (laughs) no not not really no i mean it's it's kind of i think you know you were talking about how high how this is high fantasy i think a lot of these movies first of all i'm more of a sci-fi guy i think a lot of these movies and labyrinth comes to mind as another example off the top of my head i think a lot of these movies that came out in the mid to late 80s that may not have had the greatest effects, just sort of, I looked at them like, eh. And I think part of that might have been, so I would have turned 12 when this movie came out. I was a little girl crazy, relatively young. I was also <laughs> a big dork, so it was a source of frustration. Um, but like, I definitely liked Gremlins, and I liked Goonies, and I liked Back to the Future a lot. Mm-hmm. But I sort of was moving on to teenage stuff, yeah. when I think like a movie like this was sort of, well, at least when this, by the time this hit HBO. So I feel like right. I, I missed this a little bit. Yeah. You had aged out of being impressed by the puppetry. Yeah, this was in my wheelhouse. This was when I was eight and nine years old. And if you were 12, I can definitely see being a little bit past that. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm so grateful. You know, I, I, I'm so grateful, though, that I was I was six years old. No, wait. What year did Star Wars come off? 78? 77. So I was I was five years old. And I saw Star Wars in a drive-in theater. That's and fantastic. <laughs> I've seen like two movies in a drive-in theater in my life, like that and Project X of all things. Um, <laughs> and and it was that that was exactly the right time. And that was ex- I feel like so privileged mm-hmm. to have been like in the right place for those Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Oh and, yes, and for Raiders of the Lost Ark a couple years later. And so I don't, you know, so 
so I, I'm a little bummed that I was that I sort of missed a little bit of this, but at the same time, like I, I totally get it, and and good for you guys. This was right in your wheelhouse because you know you love it, and that's that's what it's all. That's what that's what all this is about is about finding art, you know, finding stories, and I love stories. Finding stories that you that 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 give you pleasure, that give you an escape, that have that teach you things, and to go back to Hamilton, and I don't know why I'm suddenly it's my last minute, so I need to go <laughs> off on a, you know, I need to go on a, on a manifesto here. Mm-hmm. First of all, I feel like don't bleep this word out. I feel like a complete dick talking about Hamilton when I realize how expensive it is, um, <laughs> and like not everybody gets to see it, and like we're really lucky that we were able to do stuff like that sometimes here um, in New York, where we can wait for it to be somewhat cheaper sometimes. Um, Hamilton. The re- one of the reasons I got into Hamilton this year is not only because it's a, a phenomenal piece of art, but it's a phenomenal piece of art that I'm relating to professionally right now. Okay. At a time when I need something to relate to professionally. And that's hmm. no different than a kid relating to Star Wars or, or the never-ending story or the Princess Bride or, what, or the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Needing something to interpret what's going on in their lives. And that's what all this is about. Right. Yeah, that's definitely what this is all about. And this, to quote this movie in particular, it's about, you know, the issues he was having with depression and with losing his mom and, and with finding a way through that. And that's what this fantasy did for him is it gave him escape. It gave him a way to deal with his problems out of context so that when he got back to the real world, he could apply those, those things. And that's what we use movies and entertainment for a Mm -hmm. lot is, is to find a way to deal with the stuff that we're seeing every day and we can do it in a safe environment, the safe little playground. And then once we've come to terms with whatever it is, we can now take that back and apply it to what we're going through in real life. Sure. Outstanding. Great input. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. That was nice to have a chance to actually say that out loud because I know it's inside my head. (laughs) (laughs) But not everything in my head always gets to go out, which I guess is why we're doing these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Hamilton, I, I it's a it's a choice every day. Like, do I listen to podcasts today or do I listen to two and a half hours of Hamilton? <laughs> so Hamilton gets in the car and podcasts are what I listen to on my run in the morning. That's how it's sort of broken ah. down. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I'm all caught up on Star Wars Minute now after three years of trying to finish them all. So now I have a little more time. And I can listen to Congratulations. Thank wow. you. Just in time for the new season to start. Yeah. Indeed. Very excited. <laughs> Shout out to Star Wars Minute. Their new season should be starting shortly. Keep an eye out for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be weird. I imagine they'll be dropping a couple of weeks before um, uh, The Last Jedi comes out. Yes, yeah. Probably. No. I don't think we have an exact date yet, but soon. All right. So speaking of things that we've listened to and things that are coming up, why don't you go ahead and throw out your plug, Steve? So let's see, it's, um, we're recording this in late October, and I think it's safe to say we'll have an episode zero of X-Minutes. I'm going to put this out there. We're going to have an episode zero of X-Minutes out before the end of the year. Does that sound reasonable to <laughs> you, Thomas? That definitely sounds reasonable. I was, I'm hoping by the end of November, but let's not make too many promises. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, it could... I, Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not, it's not impossible, but I wouldn't, I, that seems ambitious. I, I think, I think you're right though to be that ambitious. And yeah. I think you're going to really, really enjoy, um, working with Jerry, who's, I don't think he's ever done anything before, but I've known Jerry for, um, Jerry, that's Jerry O'Brien, our third co-host. So I've known Jerry for, 
um, nearly 20 years. Um, he was originally a client of mine when I was an IT guy, and we lived in the same, and he was this geeky guy who had all these comics in his house. So he's always one of the few clients I liked. And um, we don't have a, as a, as a personal relationship, it's sort of like, you know, it's like, oh, he should come on the show. I know in the neighborhood, I'm like, oh, he should come on Princess Bride. And then I was like, oh, he'd be perfect for this. And I think he'd do it. I, so we're, I think the three of us are going to have an awful lot of fun. And I'm super, super excited to really dive into the X-Men. I think that's going to be Me a great Me as time. well, especially yeah. with all the new content that's coming out. We've got the, the show The Gifted. What was the other, the new the, trailer uh, that just came out? I love the New Mutants trailer. Yes. Um, and I have been rereading the entire New Mutants line on the Marvel Comics app, which is so worth your $9 or whatever it is a month, $10 a month. I love the New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Our episode zero is going to be dedicated to all these things, I think, because we're not going to be getting into the yeah. movies yet. So we'll probably talk about all this current culture stuff that's going yeah. on i always feel a little bad that um that stacy can't understand why i want to watch star wars for the 800th time <laughs> um i mean she's she's got her own interests and she likes movies and she likes culture and all that but i i love obsessing over this stuff and i mm-hmm. love i love talking about this stuff i do i mean i really 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 like exploring this stuff yeah for those that are curious we'll be we'll be covering all the x-men movies from the original X-Men movie all the way up through, what do we have now, Logan? What are you doing? You just committed us to 12 movies. Yes, yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But we are, not, oh, we are not going to be going minute by minute. We haven't quite decided on the format, but it will be a slightly larger format than that because we want to, there are a ton of uh, movies no, and a ton of, a ton of content that we want to get to outside of the movies. So just be prepared. It is going to have a breakdown we're just not quite sure yet what the breakdown will be. See, I, I, I was hoping that largely it would be DVD scenes. We'll see. We'll, we'll get it all figured out, and we're going to have a great show coming up for you guys. Speaking of great shows, Tierney, why don't you plug our stuff real quick? No, if you're looking for more of the NeverEnding Minute, you should check us out on Twitter at NevEndMen or on Facebook. We have both the regular page and the listener group, The Ivory Tower, which is where we can do all these discussions so they can be as silly as you want or as serious as you want. Right now we're pulling people for their favorite movie starring children. We also will occasionally get into what what is the meaning of the universe or as stupid as, hey, I had that jacket that the bully's wearing. So it's a wide range <laughs> of topics. And then if you ever need something more from the podcast, I mean, other than downloading it wherever you found this one, Go to growlermedia.com, and we are part of their network. So you can find all our back episodes there. And t-shirts, and cups, and mugs, and all kinds of crazy stuff. We do have a TeePublic site. Yeah, the link for those are on the TeePublic site. And Tierney still has a t-shirt she's supposed to make for us, but we'll see if that ever actually happens. That may may be a never-ending story in itself. Yeah, that that's one of those (laughs) where I know exactly what I need to do, but my... My skills in the Photoshop editing have not quite equaled out to what's in my mind. So we'll see how that don't goes. But don't let that t-shirt great. revenue go. Don't, you know, <laughs> capitalize on that revenue stream while you guys still got minutes. Because that right. is the, we, we got nearly $12 last month. That is the, that is, that is where, the, where the sausage is made. <laughs> I want to be in the room when it happens. I, I did that for you, you know. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> All right, guys, we got a lot to go through. Next week, 
we're going to hit some, uh, we're, we're running out of stuff to, to do, but we have plenty to talk about, but that's, that's another, another story. story. And that shall be told another time. And you thought that was going to be a short minute. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.